You may have noticed that Psalm 117 is very, very short. It's two verses. Um, And so I'm going to read it, and then we'll jump right into it. Psalm 117 says this. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. For his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. It's a short psalm. In fact, it is the smallest psalm in the Psalter. And yet it's a very powerful psalm. In fact, there's, I have an illustration that I included. It's, you've probably seen it before on Facebook where it says, Grammar saves lives. And you see something like this. It says, let's eat, Grandma, or let's eat, Grandma. There's a big difference there, is there not? The one of them is an invitation. Come on, Grandma, it's time to eat. The other one is a declaration. Let's go eat, Grandma. Grammar saves lives. The difference is not a lot of ink. In fact, it's probably one of the smallest marks in the English language. The difference is merely a comma. And yet that comma is significant. So as we come to Psalm 117, it's just a reminder that sometimes big truth can be packaged in even a small, tiny psalm. Even these two small verses. The truth here is just as true and just as powerful as the truth of even a psalm like Psalm 119 and two psalms that we'll see. It is the word of God. It is powerful. It is good news for you and I. In fact, there's only 17 words in this psalm. And one of the things that you'll notice as you work your way through this short psalm, these two verses, is that in all of these 17 words, there's only 17 words, and yet three of them are tied to praise. In verse 1, praise the Lord. Verse 2, laud him. It's the idea there of, of praise, of to loudly adore. And then finally at the end, hallelujah, or praise the Lord again. This is an invitation, a call. It's more than an invitation. It's more of a a command. You must praise the Lord. Why? That's what we see in verse 2, for who he is. But it starts at the beginning, praise the Lord. And this is not what we'd expect to see in a psalm. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. It's almost shocking when you get to that point. Considering the context, this is written by an Israelite. We know the conflict between the Israelites and the Gentiles. We've just walked through that not that long ago in Ephesians. The good news that in Christ, Jew and Gentile have been brought together into this one man in Christ, the glory of God. It almost seems out of place here. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. In fact, Paul uses this verse in Romans 15, 11, And he's using it there to show that God's redemptive purpose has always been universal. Always. From the very beginning, God's plan has been to take the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. 
fact, he goes on, Paul in Romans 15 uses Deuteronomy 32, 43, 2 Samuel 22, 50, and Isaiah eleven ten, which all ring this same chorus that one day the good news, the ends of the earth will be praising God. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. What a way to start. What a shock grabs your attention. In fact, don't just praise the Lord, but laud him, all you people. The idea there is to loudly adore. Don't just stand there quietly and praise him on the inside, but let it burst forth in praise. All you peoples. It's likely that the psalmist, we don't, we don't know the setting of this, who wrote it, what's going on, but it's likely, given the context here, that the psalmist is, is looking forward in history, in, in history. He's looking forward to the time when God has fulfilled his promises, when this conquering king has come and he has set up his kingdom. We've seen that in other psalms, the, the idea there of all the nations coming to Jerusalem. And so it's likely he's looking forward to that time. There's coming a time when all of the earth, all the Gentiles will gather to praise God, to lift high his name, to loudly adore him. And what a day that will be. But why? What is it that we praise him for? Why do we loud him? Verse 2, for his merciful Kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. For his merciful kindness is great toward us. The remarkable truth here in Psalm 117 is that that little word, us, that's not just Israel, but that's including these Gentiles and these peoples who are invited to praise the Lord. You see, as you come to Psalm 117, imagine you're coming for the first time. You know that God is merciful. You know the truth of God. Yet the remarkable truth here is that God's truth and God's mercy are for me. Praise the Lord, you Gentiles! This truth is for me. This mercy is for me. What grace is mine. His merciful kindness, his loving kindness, his mercy. It is great toward us. And praise the Lord for my sin is great. And yet his merciful kindness is greater still. For me. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. The idea here is of his faithfulness. What God says, God does. His word is true. It will be fulfilled. The truth does not change. These two truths that the psalmist puts next together, next to each other here, the merciful kindness of God, his mercy and his truth. That's good news. We need both of those. 
You see, sinful people are in need not just of the truth. Right? Because the truth is that I stand condemned. The truth is that if I fought for my right, I would be in hell right now. The truth is that God is just. And yet the truth doesn't stop there. The truth is also that God is merciful. W. Graham Scroge, on this point, writes something very similar here. He writes, Mercy without truth would be powerless. And truth without mercy would be penal. But together they tell us that God can justify these who believe and yet be just. Or as Romans 3.26 tells us, He is just and the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus Christ. And so the closing words of this psalm are so appropriate. See the greatness of this God. See his mercy and his kindness. And it returns back to that very first proclamation of this psalm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is good news. It's a short psalm. And that makes it unique, and yet it's also unique in its focus on the Gentiles and the good news for the whole world that is encompassed here in these two verses. A good news that we will come to see more clearly in the New Testament. That God so loved the Jews that he sent his only begotten son. Is that what it says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life this for this these verses this short psalm looks forward to that longs for that day that we now look back on Really, this verse jumps all the way forward even to Revelation 7. Verses 9 to 17. After these things I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Do you see the good news in that? This multitude of nations and tribes and peoples and tongues from all over the earth, and what is the song that they all have in common? That salvation belongs to our God. To my God, this is good news for me. He sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. 
So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What a beautiful passage in fulfillment of Psalm 117. Truly, as God promised all the way back in Genesis 12, truly in Abraham all of the earth will be blessed. And we see all of that fulfillment here in these little two verses. In Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We're going to transition now to a time of prayer requests. The briefness of our psalm gives us the luxury of having lots of time to pray. So let's be sure to take advantage of that. As you're likely aware, if you got the email today, Hazel Hines passed away early this morning at 4.33 in the morning. And so we rejoice with the family that her faith is now sight. I had the privilege of sitting down with her yesterday and of uh, reading this uh, actually, we'll turn there together, reading this passage in 